also to see the not full face, but you see the eyes, but still to speak with them and then then listen the music, you know, to speak about the sound. Because online you can tell anything about the sound. It's like the sound is gone, yeah. you know. Have have you found any advantages to teaching online? Like is there any positive thing that works better? Like I've the only thing I've found no, is, because is like we, score sharing. You know, from September to December, we teach normal. It was like open for us. Uh, not groups, but one-to-one -one person was great. But uh, January and February now, we can teach only people who have, uh, um, we have um, only um, um, teach the people who have a less exam or something important, you know. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why it's okay, but I still cannot see the all of them. But I think online, it's it's make me, you know, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a glass between, you know, and the sound is like, an, and it, I can, don't think about the sound. And I think this is one of the important things for the music. When you see somebody, when somebody played, you can listen to them. And the sound mm -hmm. makes the personality, I think. This is the personality on the stage. Yeah. Well, and well, and I mean, the brief time I spent with you, I can tell. I mean, you're very like you're a very like grab the student by both hands kind of yeah. teacher and and clinician. You know, it's it's hard. Yeah, that barrier feels very mm. very big for sure. Yeah. Well, hey everyone, you can tell we've kind of already started. It's at Percussion Podcast. It's episode two seventy five, and I'm Casey Cangelosi. We're recording on February twenty eighth, two thousand twenty one, but we're releasing on March eleventh. So, hey, welcome to the show. And my co-hosts are here with us. We've got Ksenia Komjanovic. Hey, Ksenia. Hey, Casey. And we've got Carly Vina. Hey, Casey. And we got Ben Charles. Hey, Casey. Who's got the news today? What happened? That would be me. So this episode is being released on March 11th. And so I just had like quite a few little items to run through before one big item. Uh, just a few births. In 1903, Lawrence Welk was born. 1921, Astor Piazzolla was born. And 1950, Bobby McFerrin was born. A couple of premieres, 1915, Ravel's Mother Goose Suite was premiered in Paris. 1917, Respighi's Fountains of Rome was premiered in Rome. And then a couple short news items. In 1997, Paul McCartney was knighted. Uh, and then this is maybe the weirdest news item I've ever found. In 2008, Kid Rock returned to a Waffle House in Duluth, Georgia, where he had been involved in a brawl a year prior to hang out with Waffle, <laughs> Waffle House workers and customers as part of a charity meet and greet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, whoa, what was wow. that? And then the the big item for today I wanted to talk about was in 2019, the American drummer Hal Blaine died at the age of 90 of natural causes in Palm Desert, California. And I was kind of embarrassed to say that uh, I was actually not that familiar with Hal Blaine until I read about him uh, after he passed away. He was a session drummer that was estimated to have done over 35,000 recording sessions and uh, was on about 6,000 wow. singles. He became a part of, excuse me, a regular in Phil Spector's house band, which Hal Blaine dubbed the Wrecking Crew. And this is kind of weird. He uh, he actually made this rubber stamp, which I'm sharing right now, uh, that he used to mark scores in places where he played. Um, so he kind of had this like literal stamp of approval he would put on things. And, and musicians have said if they showed up to a studio and there was Hal's stamp on the wall or you know you look at a part and there was Hal's stamp on it you knew you knew it was legit 
Uh, in 2000, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And in 2018, he was awarded a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. And I meant to check, but I didn't. I'm guessing he's probably a PAS Hall of Fame member, but I'm not sure. I'd have to double check on that. Um, but his recording credits, just to name a few, include the Beach Boys, Frank Sinatra, The Supremes, Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, solo, Neil Diamond, The Carpenters, Roy Orbison, Barbara Streisand, John Denver, Diana Ross, Cher, Aretha Franklin, and Elvis Presley. So quite a, an impressive list for a recording career. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And the stamp, for those of, for those of you who um, are, are only listening, it said strikes again yeah it's like how blaine strikes again yeah strikes again cool that is like some real organized pre-planned graffiti (laughs) (laughs) wearing a rubber stamp (laughs) you see you got to get a stamp and when you you do your visits places you can start stamping things yeah you know it was really i did it at PASIC once i just kind of took business cards and like kind of left them on the escalator hid one (laughs) put one on the window seal put one because i felt this like oh i know you this is what you're supposed to do to recruit for your school or whatever but i don't want to go up to kids and be like here you should take a look at this like you know i don't know it's like i don't know it's funner just to and i remember i was going up the escalator and i just left a little breadcrumb trail of of business cards and this group of kids like they kept picking them up like each one of them um as if they were i don't know we were playing scavenger hunt or something so real quick while Casey told that dumb made up story, uh, I just Hey, that's a true story. <laughs> true story. I checked in 2012, he was inducted into the PAS Hall of Fame. Oh, nice work. Nice work. So thanks for the, the delay there, Casey. Oh, fun. Well, hey, let, let me tell you all real quick about our guest today. It's, it's Marta Klumasara, and she's been everywhere. She's won everything. She's won the ARD competition. She's won the Christoph Penderecki International Competition in Contemporary Music. She's had a prize from the World Marimba Competition in Japan. She's recorded all over Europe. Uh, Stuttgart, Munich, Chamber Orchestra, Stuttgart Chamber Orchestra, National Philharmonic in Warsaw, National Polish Radio Symphony Orchestra. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, probably her most astute resume line is that we judged in Italy together. So she's judged next to a member of the Ep Percussion podcast. So it's a pretty big deal, Marta. How you doing? I'm very fine because I can see you. I did it before. It's great. It's hey, great can you, can, to see all of you after six months. Can, can, hey, can you show us that uh can you show us that figure skating trophy that you had? Yes. Yeah, look at this everybody. Look, it's very nice. So I made, I made a joke. I said, oh, you must have won like a figure skating thing or something. But what is that, Marta? This is really the second prize on the Penderecki. Penderecki. Yeah, competition. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So, you yeah. know, Marta, my first question for you yeah. is, um, you know, speaking of all your cool resume lines and your, your victories and your, your things like that, what, is it, what does it feel like to be an actual like living, breathing demon? What's that like? Like a demon, what is like you're so you're so good at percussion. It's oh, kind of a joke no. question. No, um, you know, it was like I I never saw me like a great percussionist or the best percussionist in the world. I saw me like a girl who wanted to play piano on the beginning and play piano. And first it was the ballet and piano, and then start to play a big percussion. And then I get the opportunity to go to Germany and it was a great time. And I, I thought, okay, I want to play. And I still remember my professor, Klaus Dressel asked me, 
what do you want to do later? What do you want to play? You want to go to orchestra? And I say, no, no, orchestra, not, but I want to play. But what? I don't know. I want to play. I want to be part of percussion because of the instruments, maybe, because of the possibilities of percussion. And it feels good. And still, it was a big journey, you know, to meet all of people. And I'm very lucky to, to live on that time because I met a lot of great percussions and great people and great groups. And I had, I had the opportunity to meet them and to play with them. And it feels like, okay, I'm part of the percussion world. And that's uh, about a small part. We have a lot of percussions. They are so great. And the young musicians are fantastic. And I think we, we should don't forget that we are not, some of them are very good and some of them are not good and we have a lot of students. I think all percussionists, all students, all people who want to play, give something for the percussion. I think this the developing and this is very important. Yeah. Um, I would love to latch onto that question and ask about your move from Poland to Germany. How did that work out? Because you're one of the pioneers of people who have left and studied abroad. How did that work out, especially during that political climate sort of? This was hard. I think I met Klaus Dresselt. He was for the competitions in Poland. Uh, and I play with the competitions and he asked me directly after what I want to do. If I want to study maybe in Stuttgart, he don't know me, I don't know him, maybe we can meet and then we try. And I thought, yes, maybe we can try, but I have no money and a crazy time and should I do it? And I still remember my parents telling me, oh yes, this is the only one, so you must try it because here we don't have any possibilities for you. And in Poland was hard on that time, 93. I go 94 to Germany and my parents and my teachers tell me, okay, go and try. When it's not working, you can come back. It, it was, it, yeah, it was because of, of Klaus maybe, because I meet him, because he asked me, probably I will have to think about it on that time because the money for this was oh, crazy. Um, I go out and it was a big help from the students from here. I play a lot of concerts and try to get the money and teach in the schools. And it was a start. Yeah. That's I meet a good person on good time, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was a luck. That's fantastic. Not, not all luck. Definitely a lot of <laughs> deserving on your behalf. Definitely. Yeah. I have, a, I have a pretty broad question for you, and I've told many of my students, you know, since that time we spent at the uh, Italy PAS competition together, we, when we judged together and I got to see you perform, and I've told a lot of students over the years that you're one of the best performers I've ever seen, especially of contemporary music, and I just, um, like, are you able to crystallize and, like, explain, like, what makes music interesting to you and like what makes a good performance good because it's so clear to me how you played and i just remember your your corporal performance your um rupert kettle tambourines piece and also uh you play you played some japanese marimba piece ripple or something i don't remember what it was ripple. Yes, yes it was ripple yeah. okay yeah. Um, Yoshi, yeah yeah um um Oh, may I start? What makes the music interesting? I think for me, it's interesting from the music is the idea. Idea from the composer and the 
developing the ideas. I think it's not only idea make the good piece. We have a lot of, 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 of people who write for percussion, they have a great ideas, but the developing the ideas in the piece, it's not happened. And I think when the idea is developing and you have a big shape of the piece and you can see the shape of the piece, the colors um, and maybe the feelings, it's make for me a good piece. Um, and also to know how the instrument it, it is working because a, a lot of composers try to play or to, to write something and they didn't know the instruments. They don't know how you can play it, how you can make the great sounds. They have great idea, but it's not, not possible to do. And I think that makes the good, good piece, the idea and developing the ideas. Yeah, and the colors and the spirit in the in the in the piece. Yeah. Cool. But this is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there a way is there a way performers display this better than others? Like so that's from the composer's end. Is there a side from the performer's end that this gets conveyed in your mind? It yeah, yeah, and also for the performers. I, I think this is very, very, very good questions because some a lot of students ask me, yeah, when you play, you perform something and what is performing? And it's important. And I think they mix something. They mix performing with a, a, a bit like a showman, you know, it is not a show. And it's the, the performer is not the art uh, um, actor. It's you are not the actor. You come on the stage and you are you and you should play the music like your own music. You make the, the pieces like your own music and it's very it should feel like your life you know like a story in your lives and when it starts to be like a story from somebody and when you make it on the show for the people to make it better it's not a performer it's not a performing i think performing it's you must be really free and you you must show a bit from your life yeah cool Ben, what do you got there? Yeah, so Marta, I, I had a question. It, it seems based on what I can sort of piece together that your teacher, Klaus Tressel, was sort of uh, instrumental in bringing Keiko Abe to Europe. And I know you've played some Keiko Abe works, both commissions and compositions. I was wondering, uh, in your studies, did you ever get to work with Keiko Abe? Yes, I, I, I was lucky. <laughs> That's why I tell you. I meet Tressel and I come to Stuttgart and one month later, we go to Japan and we meet um, Keiko both. And that was the start because later I, I, I saw, I, I never have a lessons with Keiko. This is a, yeah, I never have a masterclass, but we work together because she wants to play with me some pieces of her. And as is a big personality, we must say that Keiko is a really big personality. I think it's, um, she don't, open for the old people when she speaks with the people but she's very 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 uh, deep in the music when she's playing and i think it's very personality because of the lot of people in japan she worked with a lot of composers and a lot of, comp lot of composers uh, um, uh, wrote pieces for her and this is i think that was the start for the for the music for the for marimba music yeah it's it moves a bit and we still see that the pieces from on that time 60 or 70 
in, in, in Japan, they are still very modern when we think about it, how the how, how was on that time. And uh, we didn't have on that time the marimba, the five octave marimba, it was like four and a half. And I think she was also um, uh, the person who worked with the Yamaha and the developed the, the five octave marimba, the first one. That was the start, I think. Yeah. Um, I had a, I guess, a related, unrelated question, but talking about the network of fabulous percussionists that you are related to, whether they're senior or junior, but uh, you've had some wonderful students and you constantly have wonderful students that come out of your studio, uh, and one of whom is also an ARD winner. Uh, and we spoke to Kai Strobel about how he studied with you since he was a little kid. <laughs> and I'd love to know about that, uh, not just about Kai, how he was growing up, but how did you raise an ARD winner? What was it like in 2001 versus when he competed? Did you notice a difference in ARD? How, how, do, you, how do you teach someone to win such big competitions? But I think I think I don't teach the people to, 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 to win the competitions um, because um, lot of them, like the, the, the last one was the Heiji Bak, she win the, the Genève percussion. She comes to, to Germany, she comes from Korea, and it was very close from the beginning because a new world, you know, the, the language was very hard for her and the new food and the old stuff. And, and um, I, I try, when I, when I teach the people, I try to take the best of the person that they, what they have inside, you know, that all of you have something special, that all percussions have something special. And for us, like a teacher, we, we should try to find the special thing and take it out, you know, to make it, um, to show the public, yeah, this is the, the special thing in a person. And um, for the competitions, it's only on the end, what, what you can help for the people is to learn to, to, to choose the program maybe, to choose a program for him, for the special programs, because you still can choose. And this is very important to know how how far can I go and how how deep can I go how how, um, how pieces can I play they should know it before they before they start to play the competitions yeah but competitions is not all I think it's I try to prepare the people for a life for playing for the concerts and then the competitions is um, one step more it's maybe yeah like exam yeah for them a bit Martin, knowing that the competitions were part of your journey, we have an Instagram question from our friend Marcelina Suhotska, and mm -hmm. she asks, what was your journey? And I'll add on to that, maybe tell us what were some pivotal moments in your life that kind of changed the direction and helped shape you into the artist and teacher that you are today? Oh, <laughs> the first was the Klaus Resselt. He changed all the things because I, I start to play percussion. I want to study. I... I was in Poland, it was good and it was great, but I didn't thought what's happened later. I want to play only. And when I come to Stuttgart, I started to teach also. And the Kai was also the, the one of my first uh, small students. He was six. I started with 20 and uh, his brother also. He was a bit, el a bit elder, all older. And um, I started to teach. And I think when you start to teach the kids, 
you start to think about you playing. You start to think about your music and it's changed a lot because it makes you more, you are more open and you try to understand the music, maybe different than when you don't teach. So when you play only, you, you, you think you understand the music maybe, but when you work with the people who ask you always different questions about the piece, they think totally different about the pieces, you change the mind, yeah. And it was the start, I think. And then I want to, and it was a great time where the border was open, I couldn't go out and we couldn't meet for the festivals and for the, for the competitions. And I, I want to make the competitions for me because it was a bit pressure for me to, to make more, to practice more, yeah. I love percussion and I love play, but practicing sometimes it's oh, it's hard. <laughs> and when you have a competitions, you always think, okay, okay, I have something to do. I want to do the pieces really, really good. Yeah. You think more about it. There's that uh, Leonard Bernstein quote, what is it? In order to accomplish great things, all you need is an idea and not quite enough time. Like yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Headline helps. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, you know, you, you know, just speaking of like truly understanding the music, your performance of Vinko Globokar's Corporal is really memorable to me. And I just like really like how you do it. And of course, I think we've all seen that piece many, many times. But yeah, yours to me is um, it's my favorite. And um, I, I think a lot of times when we talk to students and we say, you know, you need to understand the music, I think they or sometimes we don't know yet um what that means like okay well there's a quarter note here there's a a flat here there's a b flat there don't i understand it well can you expand a little on like maybe um what you mean by that under understanding the music and maybe use corporal as an example since that's a piece i think a lot of us are are mildly familiar with at least yeah, maybe this is a, is a great piece because it's not that piece that you can say, okay, make this phrase or make uh, different legato or something. I think for me it was hard because I thought about the piece when I was 26. I saw the Stephen Schick first time with this piece and I saw, oh, that's a great piece. But I was not prepared. I think it was the, really the time when I was 30, I bought this course. And I start to play the piece with 34, I think. I was, I was older. And I think it was the time on my life. It's changing a lot, very personal changing. And I thought, okay, now I'm prepared. Now I'm prepared, I can, I can, I can show me, I can, I can be free. I don't think I should be good or I should, uh, play perfect or something and when I play this piece I don't think about the scores no, no, no it's like the scores are totally important I think when you go out on the stage with corporal it's your story it's your private 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 story and I think it's a bit changing from concert to concert it's very independent from the public world on the on the concert i think they give you some energy and it's really great piece for 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 my for my my, my person personal um life and for my feeling you must be totally free it's i think 
it's not an actor. You know, you cannot be an actor. Some people think this is like a theater a bit, but the corporate is not theater. And um, I think you cannot play somebody. You must, you, you play not your, your feeling, you don't play. You are you on the stage. And I think you should forget this course. It's only like, it's, it's not really peace from, from Globocar. Uh, no, nobody plays the same, but but sometimes you you can see the the people who try to to move the same like the other people or like the other percussionists to make the same piece, but it's totally different, I think. And all of us have something different, and it's only the personality that you should play your personality, and nothing more. Marta, you're filling me with so much confidence because you keep saying forget the score and I can I can do that. <laughs> I always yeah, I always do that. But uh yeah, well it just reminds me there's just like a little anecdote here. I I'm pretty sure in the Steve Schick book, he says that he he has every single one of his students play Corporel. And uh he says that it's it's a great piece because first it like removes that like the barrier of having an instrument to make music. You become the instrument. Uh yeah. but he said also like it's it's a piece where you know, if your parents come to your degree recital and they've been paying all this money for you to go to school and you sit down, you know, half undressed on stage and start hitting yourself, it's it's like a very, it, you can feel very self-conscious performing a piece like this. Um, and so do you have any advice for performers getting over that idea of being self-conscious? I think, I think the people are scary, a bit scary, you know, not because they are, uh, you know, only in their pants or something. I think they're scary because they must be really free and they must show really your inside or how can I say it, your heart, you know. You are fragile, you are not really strong in this piece. A lot of the part in the piece you are really like a, um, fragile can, is a good word for this. It's very fragile. It's, 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 um, it's not the strongest, you know, you are not the strong performer and uh, you, you are great. Uh, sometimes you are not really great and you look not really good and the sounds are not really nice, but it's the life. And I think that a lot of people have uh, are scary about it. And I think it's because they are young. I was also young. I didn't want to play the piece before. Um, maybe have the contact with this piece is good, but for some pieces, some people need a longer time or they should play it later because it's, uh, yeah, it's not only this course. Yeah. It's not only the scales, you know? Yeah. How do you, how do you bring that kind of depth and insight to a piece that is, um, kind of more traditional? Because the other piece that really stands out to me was your Rupert Kettle's tambourines. And I, a lot of people play that piece too. And it's very just kind of groovy and like cool and and neat. But, but your performance of it was really, really, I mean, on the same level as your, your corporal performance. I mean, it seemed like high, astute, avant-garde contemporary performance. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's nice to to listen. I, I, um, I don't know. Maybe to 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 think about the piece. I thought maybe the Rupert Kettle uh, Kettle um, tambourines. It's a totally different piece than the, the the corporate. It's more like virtuoso. It's a brilliant piece. It's yeah. more like a piano piece. You know, it's very brilliant, like a Paganini pieces for the for the violin. 
yeah. and it's more it's not on the technique but the brilliant maybe maybe this is the yeah the kind of thinking to to try to find the rhythmical stuff in inside the piece it was a this is more the rhythmical piece but also the sound because the sound are very important in this piece and the virtuoso yeah it, it, it was really cool to see you play that whole recital because I, I think, you know, Rupert Kettle, I mean, he's a percussionist. He's, he has like snare drum solos. We don't, he has two of those tambourine pieces. Actually, a student of mine played the second one, um, mm -hmm. it, which I, I'd, I'd never heard anyone else play. But um, we don't think of Rupert Kettle the way we think of like Vinko Globokar. It's like, well, of course, Vinko Globokar, Corporal, it's like mm -hmm. in your face, avant-garde. It is... You know, even if you just play it flat and unexpressive, it's like just already in that vein. And like, we know to play it that way. But I thought it was just really cool that you you, you made something that good out of a, a piece we don't think about in that vein. Uh, it's not really a question, but mm. there it is. Thank you. But <laughs> I, yes, I think... Yes, we try, we should try it. And all performers should try to find the pieces that they can find inside a part of himself or something inside should be that is interesting for you. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes we have a pieces, they are fantastic. And the performer are not very good or maybe okay. And the concert is okay. And then, then you see some some young people and they play pieces. You think, okay, the pieces are okay. They're more didactical pieces, but the personality and the performing, it's so good and so yeah. deep that you think the concert is fantastic. But I think it's it's very important of the personality. Yeah. Well, and I've just said it for years. Like, I think we put way too much credit and weight on the piece and not the performers. It's like, yes. I mean, the performers, you know, we, we've used the example on the show before. Like, I dare you to find a piece Yo-Yo Ma can't make sound good, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, mm -hmm. it would just be impossible. Yes, I think the performer is the most important personality. And this is the, the, the whole concert, you know. Sometimes you see somebody is coming on the stage and you think he didn't play anything and you think, yes, <laughs> it's coming out only. And you think, oh, yes, it's something. And you know, when he will start, it will be fantastic. It's something, I think it's maybe the, the open, the, the, to be free, you know, to go outside from the small room, practice room, go out and try to take the public with you to show your world, your, your story on the stage. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel really lucky to have, you know, studied with really, really good teachers, but also like adjudicated with people like yourself all over. And you just kind of start to pick up on how smart people talk. And one of those, one of those things people tend to say is uh, they don't say like, oh, this is a bad piece. They just say like, I don't get this piece. You know, like, do, do you find yeah. when you're picking repertoire, you're often just, mm -hmm. just thinking to yourself, like, I don't know if this is good or not, but I don't see what to do with it. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is maybe very important. And this is a good, good idea. Yeah. Not to say, oh, this piece is not good. Maybe it's not good for me. Right. Maybe I don't understand the piece. Yeah. 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 Ksenia, sorry, I steamrolled you as usual. 
it's, it's fine. This year we're okay. Um, Marta, for those of us who did not have the fortune to watch you perform live, but on, only had the wonderful fortune of listening to your albums, when are we going to be able to see you perform online? When is there going to be a video? And We'd love to. We'd love to. All I do is listen about these stories and I never had the chance to be there. I would love this to. Is a, yeah, but, but this is the crazy type. Maybe this is what, what, what I tried to say before. My English is not so good. Um, I think it's also the playing for me. It's the playing always when you play a concert. It's the public and me. It's never me. Only I play something and I go out. It's always when you come out you have the great lights, you know, and the big hall and the people sitting and you not really see the, 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 the faces. You see something, but not really the faces and the smell also, because you know, when, when the people coming to the concerts, mostly they dress nice, they smells good. And the mix of the, of, the, of the smell of the sound in the room and the big hall and the lights makes the, makes the important thing to play you know and I'm I'm not sure if I can play only for the camera you know I remember it was very horrible after IOD competitions they asked me okay <laughs> mega recording from Iching I hope I, I think I have only the one recording of Iching um but it was horrible he they tell me yeah now now the oh sorry sorry <laughs> sorry um, Twenty people was in the room, you know, the cameras, and now you should start. Now we make the recording, and now it starts. Yes, now you play the I Ching. And I was like, okay, now I'm playing. I think, and I feel anything. It was like crazy. It, you cannot really do it. Huh. Uh, break. Wow. <laughs> my, my daughter, it's here. <laughs> That's lovely. She can come in. <laughs> okay, you, you can see her. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Oh my God. Hi. Uh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> you make it with Daddy. Awesome. So that, okay. Okay. I bet that makes. I bet that makes cool percussion sounds. Sorry. <laughs> Lolly is six. Six five? and a half. Six and a half. Okay. Uh huh. Mine's three. Oh. They'll but probably you know, show we have, up. Now we have a homeschooling. Right. And it's terrible. The uh -huh. homeschooling is. <laughs> yeah, because the schools are closed, you know. And yeah. this is, is uh, I think it's uh, the hardest thing. I love teaching. I can work with the students and also with the kids, but not with your kids, you know. You cannot oh, yeah. with your own kids. It's just, ah. I, I feel so lucky, Marta, that Rob, my son, is three, you know, and this, this all started when he was two and like, okay, it will probably be over before he like has to be in school, you know? Okay. Yeah, oh, but really anyway. Just a second. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she pounded her camera down. <laughs> this, is the, this is the new generation of Zoom, you know, you try to do something, the kid's coming. Uh, yep, I know, I know. It's yes, yeah, this is really, it is hard. This is really hard. The school are closed, they open tomorrow, but only two hours on the day. Two hours. <laughs> two hours and then one week break once more. Yeah, it's only for the kids maybe to make a bit contact, but it's for us, it's like, 
It's crazy. <laughs> you know, um, you know, Ksenia was 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 asking about making recordings and video recordings and you know, something I, I definitely observed in your performing. And I think like most good performings is you just you end up thinking like, yeah, that of course, a recording is better than nothing, but you'll never capture that. You have to see that live. There's just some even if you had the best cameras and the most yes. editing and you just won't get that and i know i've i've experienced it many times with my pieces like there's some pieces in fact some of the pieces i'm most proud of they don't recordings don't sell them like you yeah. have to see the piece start to finish yeah. and, th and i think that's part of like the consumer culture of how we do recordings you know they say youtube yes. videos people just watch like you know people just watch uh, 30 seconds of the average performance yeah. and yeah. that sort of thing and like to really see your ripple you would really have to see it start to finish i mean still like 30 seconds of it would be super impactful by internet standards but to really get that it's like mm -hmm. oh you, you've you've really just got to see it and again just moving it from zoom and homeschool <laughs> teaching which we were just talking about and having kids at home it's like oh we just it'll be so great when we get back in the concert hall and and that uh that activity will even be an option again I, I do find it interesting, the idea, though, are there some pieces that a recording works better than a live performance? And like one piece that just popped into my mind, first of all, I talked about the uh, Nico Muley piece a couple of weeks ago, but Casey, your bad touch, I think, would be more effective as a recording than a live performance because you'd be so like when you see it in person, you're so far from the stage. Like you can see what's happening down yes. there. Close up is, is different. Mm, so I think it's, right. it's not like that a recording is necessarily worse. It's just mm. pieces are worse for a recording. Um, and like there's like a certain like magic to watching a performer nail velocities live versus knowing that they did 20 different takes and stitched them all together. So I like, sure. I don't know. I don't think recordings are necessarily not as good i think like i said some pieces are not as good for recording and by some pieces i mm. think most pieces <laughs> i think what you're trying to say about my piece is it's so good it can't fail like in any any circumstance it's gonna be it's gonna work <laughs> yeah. is what i'm is what i think is coming across so it's good but i think it's maybe maybe it's a, it's a good question to what, what what's happened with the music now because i think the the music that we played before and that we still play it's for the recording, you can make a recording, but it's only like a remembering. I, I, I think still, when you see a concert, the recording of CD, when you have a CD from the concert, it's only remembering from the concert, but it's never, 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 never like a concert. It's only remembering, yeah. And maybe for the future, I don't know, maybe we, we will get a new possibilities. Maybe some composers can write some pieces for, online recording for, for online music, you know? Maybe we need a new music uh, who can work online because the old music, I think it's not working. It's like, it's okay, but you will never listen the full concert, like, wow, concentrate. Um, yeah. yeah. So what then can we look forward to once everything goes away and you're able to get back on stage what is the thing that you are looking forward to what are some performances that we could we could see maybe uh, maybe not only performances but maybe I, i'm still looking for you know we have a marimba competitions in stuttgart and we move it we move it for this year 
and it looks not good. Mm -hmm. And it looks looks not good. We wait still a bit, but it looks not good because the situation is hard. And um, we want for us was the competition is not only like a competition. You know, you don't don't want to see the persons online and give the first, second, and third prize and say bye. <laughs> Yeah. You want to meet the personality, you want to make a festival, you want to, to go together to eat something, to speak. And I think after the competitions, the important thing for the, for the, for the percussionists or the, for the musicians is um, to meet together. Maybe speak about the music, maybe speak about the weather or about the life, but stay together and exchange the, 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 the ideas and all 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 stuff i think this is hard that's why we i'm waiting for it and i hope but now it looks not very good for for september for us but i hope in the next years will be better to meet once more to meet the people together to play a concerts to make a festival to see the concerts we we had the last last exam uh, last week since six months, I didn't saw any concerts. And then we saw the, the, the percussionist play it. The percussion group that was there, percussion um, uh, students, only 15, I think, because not more can go in the, in the big hall. But the light was, light was on, he plays, and it was so good. <laughs> All the percussionists was like, hey, we have a concert once more. Mm -hmm. The sound was fantastic. The moving, you know, the, the light and the whole situation was like, wow. And I hope it's coming. And I hope it's coming also for us. Now it's, we're waiting. We're still waiting. And a lot of concerts was moved to the next year, but from next year, they move for the next year. And it's like, I'm moving. Yeah. I feel like it really speaks to the question of like, what do we get out of concerts and what do we get out of art music versus just entertainment? Because you never run out of entertainment. And I, I know I've said it, you know, way too many times already on this show, but like, I think what most of us do is not, not just try to entertain, but try to speak about something. I mean, it's almost more philosophical than it is like, oh, hey, here's something nice to listen to. Because, I mean, we'll never run out of nice stuff to listen to. We'll never run out of, I mean, there's already more freaking video games than I'll have time to play in my yeah. lifetime. And every day there's 10 more that I won't have time. Like entertainment is not the goal. So it, it is really interesting that as hard as it is to, for people to get themselves to concerts, having this void and, and then having this release that you just described of students suddenly like coming back to it, like hopefully it does really teach us something about what this really does for us? I think for the new generation, um, I see the students and I'm, I'm, it's a little bit pity for me to see the young people, they are still waiting for something and they don't know if maybe the way that they choose for percussion is a good way because they don't know what's happened with the culture. They don't know what's happened in the next two years. If they really can stay on their way, if they can play the music. We don't know, <laughs> we all don't know, but I hope. I hope, yes, it will be harder. I think for the new generation will be a bit harder. We should know it now because um, uh, the, all, of, uh, all of, of the concerts, the new 
uh, stages, they cannot exist maybe in one year. Maybe we can have uh, maybe 50% or 60 or 70% when we are lucky. But um, maybe as a new, maybe we will get a new way, maybe new way for a bit new online concert with new music, different music, plus the old music when it comes back. We don't know. We also don't know what's happened with the composers, what they want to do now. Yeah, it's a hard time. Along those lines, Marta, we have another another question from Instagram, from also from Marcelina Suhotska, and she wants to know what keeps you going. Like, what what do you see? I suppose along these lines, changing or or evolving in the future. What's keeping you going through this hard, crazy time? I think what's keeping you going. The idea of this, what I'm doing now, can I do something different? If I'm happy to do what I'm doing, can I live without the percussion, without the music? Can I do, I don't know what, work in the kitchen or I don't know what. Um, I think to think why I start with percussion. What was the experience? What take me maybe take me out from the bad time when I make the music maybe it's helping me and when you think about the beginning then it will be maybe easier to think for the next two years how was the start what was the beginning of the percussion of the music yeah coming back to like why do you love this to begin with why what do you have to say what you know kind of the core of your artistry once more, sorry, sorry, I couldn't understand. Are you meaning coming coming back to like the the why, the why you do this? Why, why you, you yeah, why do you, why you start the percussion? Mm -hmm. Why you why you start to play a music? And what was it for you on the beginning? Yeah, it was the style of your life. It gives you a lot of energy, and when it's helping you, and it will help you before, then you should stay on the way. I think, yeah. So oh, nice yeah. to see you. Hey, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's crazy because, because you know, it's like, yeah, for us, it was not the border. I think, yes, yeah, for Casey, for us, it was like, you know, you, you are on different continent. Yeah. I know you, I, I know it you before, but only from the music and all oh, the cases are great. And he will come. And I don't know if you know how, how Casey coming to, to Italy. It was a day after, I think, that you arrived. <laughs> it was, was, was that the trip I was a day late? Yes. So. Oh, <laughs> you remember. There's, oh, there's, an, was, there's an embarrassing story why I was late. It's pathetic. It's a fantastic story. That was the, you know. You I'm honored you remember. You don't have a live I, concert. Yeah, wait, say it again. I think you remember it better than I do. I mean, I remember I was late. Because I remember I that the Francesca coming to me and asked me, oh, 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 we, we're missing uh, Casey. So why are we missing Casey? No, he will come, but a bit later. And what's happened? He forgot his passport. He forgot his damn passport like an idiot. Yeah. American. It goes to the airport, you know, like it goes to Europe without yeah. the passport. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you do that? That's the one thing you need. That's the one, that's the only thing you this need. The only one thing. That's the one thing. Yeah, no, it was, it was incredible. And I, and I bought a ticket the next day. I thought, oh, you know, I really could leave them high and dry. Um, but it's okay. You, sometimes in life you learn things the hard way. Yeah. 
stupid, you know? It was the life, you know? That was the great story. It was like, huh? it should be like this, you know? Oh, it's yeah. like you have a festival, you have something at the most great concerts and the great meetings. It's happened when, when stuff like this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. And I think, gosh, I think I got a next day ticket for like $3,000 or something. Crazy. It was yeah. Really bad. Yeah. And, so, and, and then, we, you know, he comes and then we start. I think it was the start with the competitions. And yeah. you were like, oh, listen oh, to yeah. music, you know. <laughs> It was so, I know, yeah, so bad, such a bad, such a dumb mistake to make. I think it's like it's one of those lessons like, hey, if you're doing too much, you make like really dumb mistakes. You just like, yep, slow but down, take a it deep breath. Great. It was like life. I, I think mm -hmm. it was, ne it will never happen to you anymore. You know, always when you go out now, you check if you have the passports. Duh. Yeah. Like, duh. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I know. It's so fun. Well, you know, you guys, we were going to give, Um, I was going to, maybe uh interrupt marta from embarrassing me anymore with a with a topic <laughs> <laughs> i um let's see what, what do we want to i want to call this topic um let's see where'd this go sorry 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 well uh, well this topic caught my attention this week because it kind of goes along with two other topics i've presented on i mean it's been like over the course of several years now but um, one of them being a, a story of how uh, archaeologists, they will sometimes call acousticians and musicians into a, a space they've discovered underground or a cave, and they'll use acousticians to help study the space and like what was in it or reconstruct the materials in the walls and, and, and some of the pottery inside it. And um, also a topic on anechoic chambers. So I reported on anechoic chambers a few years ago, many episodes ago. And of course, that's a chamber that's specifically designed to destroy all reverberation and, and make it a completely non-reverberant space so they can do specific sound studies and that sort of thing. So I'm going to call this topic uh, Convolution and the Sound of the Hagia Sophia. And uh, the citations for this are from NPR, an article called Listen, the Sound of the Hagia Sophia More Than 500 Years Ago, and also the World According to Sound podcast, which they cite um, on NPR, that article. Uh, two researchers, Bashara Pocheva, she's an art historian, and Jonathan Abel is a musician and teaches computer science, uh, computer science, sorry, teaches computer music at Stanford. So I guess the first thing is that term convolution. What is convolution? This is something if you mess around in your digital audio workstation and you mess with reverb, you may find a convolution like module <laughs> or a little effects thing. And uh, that, that convolution is the specific way in which we attenuate, measure, and uh, kind of construct reverb. Like, how much convolution are you going to have on this, and what is it going to be? And um, if you remember from that topic, or you may already know, if you pop a balloon in an anechoic chamber, right, a chamber that has no reverb at all, it's almost silent which is really, really bizarre to watch a video of someone popping a balloon and you just, you almost hear nothing. You know, it just sounds like this little, like it's just almost nothing. And so uh, apparently something I learned from this NPR feature is that they use balloon pop, the sound of a balloon popping 
to measure convolution in a space. And they did that in the Hagia Sophia. So the, uh, let's see, where to start now? Oh my gosh. So here's straight from NPR. When the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul was built in the sixth century, it was the largest building in the world, an engineering marvel. The unique acoustics inside inspired composers to write 10 centuries of religious music specifically to be sung there. All right, so it's a very reverberant, beautiful building in Istanbul. And so I just have a little example of the reverberation for you. So let me turn on my uh, my share and we'll go straight to this. And again, this is straight from the uh, the NPR feature. This 13th century Byzantine chant is being sung by Capello Romana, a choir from Portland, Oregon. This is what they sound like in a studio. Now imagine, it's the early 13th century. You're sitting inside the Aia Sophia. Marble pillars rise up around you. Dusty light filters into the windows in the massive dome above. And this is how you might hear Capella Romana. So like they said, that's a choir in Oregon, and that is them singing just inside a studio. And then with what these two researchers created as a, a, a audio filter of the sacred space. And as you could tell, when it got really reverberant, I mean, this, the piece just changed entirely. It's almost like there's counterpoint on top of echo. You know, it's like almost they're singing one single line, but there's literally counterpoint built into what's going on because of how it, it overlaps. And it, it just, uh, of course, like I said, it goes along with those other topics that we've we've discussed in the past. But but also, I just it reminds me of I was at my student Jonathan Waller's sound check for for uh, uh, his recital. And he was playing that cool Larnell Lewis piece called Slice, which is uh, two snare drums, hi hat and playback. And man, that's only two hi-hat, oh, sorry, hi-hat, two snare drums. It's not even a full drum set. It's very drum set-esque, but getting it to sound right in a recital hall can be so challenging because a lot of times these amazing spaces, they're just not very conducive to our needs as percussionists. Um, so they go on to show the balloon popping example. And uh, apparently this researcher, the, the musician from Stanford, uh, when the art historian approached him and said, you know, do you think we can replicate the Hagia Sophia's sound? Do you think we can get that sound to happen again? He said, yeah, sure. If we can just get there and pop a balloon inside it, we can recreate it through convolution. So here's their, their example of the, the balloon uh, outside and then inside it. Remember that balloon pop? Here is what Pencheva recorded inside the Hagia Sophia. It's just like this ridiculously long gunshot of a uh, balloon pop. <laughs> I know, right? So, so, so here it is one more time. Here's the short one. All right, that's like a normal balloon popping. Okay, and here it is inside the space. Yeah. 
So anyway, I just think this stuff is is really really fun and really interesting, and just kind of reminds us of that whole um, you know, when you go into sound check, some of the stuff you can be thinking about, <laughs> and if you're gonna play that piece for drum set and tape at the recital hall, just don't play it. It never works. <laughs> you're playing the space. What's that? I was gonna say that balloon pop says it all. Like just the, it's so illustrative of exactly the differences. Like it's so cool. Yeah, well, I just thought it was cool because I know, like, when I pull up my little reverb and echo effects on on my on my digital audio workstation, that they'll say like you know five second cathedral delay, two second concert hall delay, and they have all these specific parameters, and they all sound realistic to some extent, you know depending on what you're putting them on. But I mean, that choir, I mean, I thought they sounded very, very realistic. So they're not singing in the space. They're just using the, the algorithmic audio filter that the, the, the two researchers uh, collected. Casey, you mentioned a, a piece with tape. I, I, I think there are some pieces with tape, like I think Jacob TV might actually include two mixes, like one for yeah. like a Boomi concert hall. And like, I would love that because one piece that I play a lot is Andy Akiho Stop Speaking. And a few years back, I had a, a job audition and I had to play in a space that just was, was terrible for that piece. And uh, basically I just had to crank the audio as loud as it could go to the point it was almost distorted just to be able to hear it. And uh, <laughs> there is this uh, piano lady that just, I could tell she just hated it. <laughs> <laughs> she like she was covering her ears she was like I, she, she just didn't get the piece it just sounded terrible to her and uh yeah I, I would have loved a, a different setup for that I think also maybe like a smaller drum could have helped but you know is uh is piano lady like marimba lady uh <laughs> much older than marimba lady oh I see <laughs> I, 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 I missed um I missed one slide. I have one one more little slide for you. It's just this. This is um just a little um uh, uh, visual on what uh, convolution is. So you can see there's like a speaker, there's a direct sound source, and then there's all the measurements of reflection. So there's like the immediate sound and what they call early reflections, and then all the consequent reverb. And basically, depending on the space that uh, red, green, and blue will will slide and be spaced uh, differently. So yeah, that's a little convolution uh, vis visual example. But yeah, Ben, you're right. Like two mixes would be so nice. And I, I mean, I have, to, I have to take it into consideration all the time. It's like, you know, you have to mute your snare drum so much in certain space that up close, it, 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 it just sounds wrong. It doesn't even sound right. So you're no longer using the shell of the drum to give its characteristic, but you're using the, the actual hall to give the, the new character of the drum and far away. It can sound really great because there's a lot, a lot more interesting and intricate acoustic information in a recital hall than there is in a drum shell, uh, you know, nine out of 10 times. Yeah, and that, that picture you just had up a second ago, Ryan, we had took an acoustics class in college and I was fascinated to learn that in like in a good concert hall, they, they had some distance. It was like two feet or something like that away from a sound. Uh, you are actually hearing more of the reverberation off of the concert walls than you are the actual sound hitting you directly. It's, it's very strange to think about like, oh, I'm five feet away, but what I'm actually hearing is the walls, not the snare drum or whatever instrument. Yeah.
Yeah, totally. Well, Marta, do you want to go back to embarrassing me or are you cool? With no, 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 no. <laughs> it was very nice to listen. It's yes. very, it's, it's it was my great. book report. The balloon was fantastic in the, in the hall. It's, uh, <sighs> yes. I should have, I should have, I should have grabbed the sample of the, the, uh, anechoic chamber balloon too. I mean, my, my, my little finger snap, that's probably <laughs> li literally it, but, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. So, um, Hey, moving back to, to, to Marta information and, and topics, Marta, I was going to ask you what, like, how do you feel the state of the repertoire is right now? And what, what do you think we need more of, or need less of what do you think is good and and what do you think we could maybe do without <laughs> as politely as you can answer that uh um yeah it's hard it's hard to say because um you have still have a new generation and um we have a lot of pieces but not that lot at piano or, or violin or the old instruments and still, what we have is a didactic pieces. You can learn from them, but still not enough. Still, we can have more. And what we can have is, um, it's hard to say because um, it depends of the composers, what they want to write, what they, because when we say they should write stuff like this, they will never, write some good pieces. I think the, 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 the performer and the composer, when they work together, when they can work together, it's fantastic. They will make a good music. They will probably uh, write a good pieces, probably, not, not always. But we cannot say what we need more or less. Maybe what we need is probably, yes, we need a more composers that it, that they want to, uh, to to write for percussion, because still the composers are uh, scary about play, uh, writing for percussion. Mm -hmm. They still thinking, oh, I'm not really sure about that. They don't want to contact the percussionist, and it's still not enough pieces from the big composers for the international composers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not I enough, I think. I've been in the discussion several times, including on the show. Like I, I, I feel like. If you want to write piano music, you look to the historic piano mm. composers of piano, and those people were also all pianists. And it seems like that tradition for percussion hasn't entirely worked itself out yet. You know, like there are percussionist composers out there, just like Mozart was a piano comp pianist slash composer, and he happened to be a really good one. And like, like maybe we're not quite done with that process yet and i think you know your your rupert kettle performance is a really good example like if you wanted to write a piece for tambourines you play with your hands and your feet well there's only so many places you can look and it's probably not going to be pierre norgard and zanakis where you find that it's going to be rupert kettle <laughs> who like knows how that works and how that fits and you really need a pairing of good piece and really good performer like you're going to need marta and rupert kettle to, to to really get people to understand that again not a question but <laughs> um i was gonna ask uh, has there ever been any significant efforts to get uh, 
Penderecki to write something for percussion. I know uh, Christoph Zitzen said that he really wanted to have a concerto written, but that that was already towards the end of his life, so it was impossible. But have you had a, a chance to, to meet him or, or? Yes, I meet him because I know Marta Ptaszynska and Marta Ptaszynska wrote, wrote some, some pieces for me and I, I have a good contact with Marta and she knows Penderecki and um, um, I win the Penderecki competition there as a second prize, not, not first, but second prize. And um, he was there and he asked me if it will be um, uh, possible to play some pieces for marimba and three flutes. Uh, mm -hmm. like a trio and marimba and orchestra and he wrote some pieces and I meet him he was um, uh, in the percussion room in Stuttgart and uh, he wrote something it is great because I still have uh, some scores you know not not written by computer but but uh, for you know by hand and it's a great and you know, he's like a old guy like a little bit daddy you know he knows the music he asked me what it's possible to play and he wrote more like a for violin right uh, one line not too much harmonic mm -hmm. not too much harmony not for formulates formulates yes but you don't need to play a like full harmony because you have the orchestra there more like concerto double concerto small concerto for the expo 2000 in um, mm -hmm. um, in German, yeah, yeah. I meet him once, yeah. It was nice. <laughs> that that piece you mentioned it, it is recorded. I, there's actually a recording on YouTube. It's called uh, ah! "Recorders, Marimba, Percussion, and Strings." All right, we're all looking at No, no, no. This is a different piece, maybe. Hmm. Uh, well, there is a piece that that heavily uh, features marimba, uh, like. Uh, it's like a solo part with yeah, like flutes and stuff. So. Oh no, maybe it's a different piece because it's not block flute. It should be block oh. flute, a three trio, block mm -hmm. flute and marimba. It's probably a different one. Yeah, this one is. Four. Yeah, nice try, Ben. Nice, nice trying mansplaining all that over there. Well, I, I like I reported on it. Uh, a long time. I'm looking to see if it's like if it's like flute or recorders I'm, i can't find it quickly on the it's probably just some other polish composer all those polish names are like exactly the same nobody can tell yeah, yeah it sounds, it sounds the like same <laughs> uh, okay yeah it's for like recorders like held in front of you not was it traverse yeah uh-huh uh-huh marta I, I was gonna ask i mean speaking of my little joke there like your performance personality your teaching personality as as what i've seen it like you do, you strike me as a person who just like i i imagine if anyone ever like tried to give you uh you know any conflict you would just crush them where they stand like an insect i mean you just you're 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 really I, I don't know i mean you're really admirable in in that way i think in a good way i mean i mean really mean in a good way have you had uh have you had struggles that as a as a female percussionist in the past or or still now no no cool. no no and that's because you crush you you, you crush no, it right but there where it's <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm open to know you. You can speak always and you can uh, have a little bit crash with some students. It's mm -hmm. good sometimes. Not too much, mm -hmm. but you know, to say what you think yeah. and what they're thinking, this is good. It's much better than to have a student that they say anything, you know, and you try to to take out from him what they're thinking, what they want to say. And they are like, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah. Do you, do you have any advice um, maybe then for for uh, 
female, well, men, men and female uh, uh, percussionists who maybe they do struggle, like they do find it's hard, it's hard to be a female percussionist in a, what's still more male dominated than not, dominated than not. I think it's more maybe in the orchestra, yes, a bit. Mm -hmm. It's a bit because, you know, in the orchestra, and now it's a, bit, it's a little bit changing, also in German orchestra, but maybe when I come 94 to Germany, and it was really like a dominate from, from, from the men, the orchestra, percussion orchestra uh, playing. And um, the female was like, okay, she is nice. This is the, 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 another one is pretty, but maybe not for the orchestra. And I was like, always, nah, the woman, they are maybe not strong enough. I don't know, but it's changing. It's changing a lot. And you have an orchestra that they have a female and not only male, but not a lot. Not, mm. yeah. It's more on brass instruments than on percussion, I think. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that the, it's, it's more and more women who play percussion and mm -hmm. more and more guys who play marimba. Our mm -hmm. last competitions, I think, was more guys than girls who plays marimba. And it was also like a wow. For me, because I, I thought more, more women play marimba, but we have a more uh, men who play marimba. Yeah, it's changing mm -hmm. a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find that like the bass drum mallet is just too heavy for you because you're a woman, Marta? No. <laughs> Maybe the sound is not very good. Not too heavy, <laughs> but the sound is. Like... Well, I have that problem certainly too. <laughs> it is no. <laughs> Unless you abort mission before you embarrass yourself more. Before, oh, before I do? That's good. Now, this has been a good, good, good Casey study episode. Marta, thanks so much. This is just awesome to have you. you. I'm so glad you made it to the show. And yeah, it's just, it's really an honor to have you on the roster and to hang out with you a little bit again. Thank you very much. And thank you for, for, for inviting me. Really, it was so great. And it's giving me so much energy, so much more that I have now. Mm -hmm. And today is a great, great day. It's cold, but it's sun. And I saw you now, and I'm so happy. <laughs> it's really you, well, right back at you. Thank you. And yeah, get back to that little girl and that homeschooling. I'm sure that's, uh -huh. that's busy. <laughs> today is Sunday. Today is Sunday. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> right this is watching only watching tv today that's the that's how we're no we 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 we, we drove bicycle or that we was outside the bicycle right it was cold but it was very nice good, good how good, cold good. is in america now how cold is in you oh man well here in virginia i just got over yeah. a terrible cold spell spell and it's nice now but in texas where uh Ksenia and Ben are, I mean, you guys are over it now, but it was, it was like a national emergency just a, you know, just a week ago. They have it too much snow and then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, but they was... get also snow in Greece, you know, they had snow in Greece yeah. and in Madrid, Madrid, they have a lot of snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, crazy. It's changing. Yeah. Yes. Well, again, huge thanks to Marta. And Thank you. Um, yeah, if you're not familiar with Marta, you just gotta you just gotta go you gotta go look her up, and um, you gotta hear her eaching CD recording, and um, yeah, just uh, soak up what what you can find of her out there. And uh, huge thanks, Ksenia, Ben, Carly. Good to see you as always. Thank you. Thank you, Marta, so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, and I hope I can see you live somewhere. Yeah. And 
yeah maybe in one two years cool thank you cool bye thanks bye everybody um see you see you on 276 and you know join the patreon give us money and stuff like that <laughs> see you later